0: Hey, Carm Capriato here, and my guest is Rob Rossell. Rob took a long and winding road to get where he is today. He went from being addicted and homeless to a successful multi-shop owner in the San Diego area. Now, here's a taste. But it was just
1: one example of how even though you're having a, a, a season of summer in many areas of your life, there's always going to be a possibility of seasons of winter in other areas of your life, and you will not feel like you're winning no matter how much success you're having in the other areas, but you just need to keep trudging through it, and the book encourages it for excellent, that. Excellent, excellent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm here. And Remarkable Results Radio is proud to partner with Napa Auto Care and the upcoming 2020 Napa Expo. Join Napa in Las Vegas, April 6th through 9th, 2020, to discover the latest innovations in the auto care industry. This is an event. You don't want to miss, so contact your app store to learn more. Hey, so glad to have you here on the Aftermarket's Super Learning Highway as we talk about the business of the aftermarket. Hey, are you subscribed to a mobile smart listening app for podcasts? Well, it's so easy to listen to the Aftermarket's Business Talk podcasts. See, if you're new to podcasting, welcome. If you're looking for a great way to listen mobile, go to your app store and type in Remarkable Results Radio and download the app. Many have told me it's the best app to use to listen. Hey, I'm truly honored to interview Family Auto Service shop owner Rob Rosal from Las Mesa, California. That's in the San Diego area. He has a very powerful story to tell, and he does it in his book. He's the author of the book Addicted to Life, how he went from homeless to extraordinary success and happiness in a short period of time. His story is inspirational and walks you through his steps of overcoming addiction. By the way, we interviewed in our Vision 2019 studio. Find the talking points from Rob Russell's interview at RemarkableResults.biz slash E417. Rob, well, he finally said he was done, and he kicked addiction and forged his destiny as a successful multi-shop owner. He's paid it forward by writing his book. It is a great read that shows what it takes to come out of the depths of despair. He pays it forward in this in-depth interview by sharing his building blocks of getting addicted to life. As the perfect bookend to this episode, listen to Rob in a town hall academy on addiction in episode 102. Now, Rob employs 50-plus employees and has helped countless individuals as a mentor. This episode will show us how success was achieved on life's curved roads and how he was meant to do this. Hey, a warm welcome to Rob Rossell. Thank you so much. We're here at the Vision Studios um, here in Kansas City, 2019. And you were so, so kind to come on the Town Hall Academy. It was number 102. We put it out, I think it was in the middle of January. And it was called Second Chance, Working With and Supporting Addiction. That was just a fabulous, fabulous episode. And, you know, I got to know you then. I got your book and I read your book, Addicted to Life, How I Went from Homeless to Extraordinary Success and Happiness in a Very Short Period of Time. And uh, it read well. It's a powerful book. You have one hell of a message to share. And the beauty of it is, everyone, you're all going to be able to relate To Rob because he owns shops family auto service in San Diego yes sir how many
1: thank you for the kind words first of all thank you for the kind words of encouragement the book has been just a blessing and and the message that's in the book is so relatable to so many but certainly auto repair shop owners because we talk about in the stores I have to answer your question I have four stores in San Diego we just opened our fourth last September great and the, I go through how the acquisition of the first two shops, they were no money down deals, as you know, because you've read the book. Yes,
0: and, and, and we, we need to talk about that incredible decision you made to jump in. Yeah. ownership with your dad and everything oh my it's gosh. a great story i want to cover that it is but, a
1: great story but yeah. so it's very relatable to auto repair shop owners uh, managers that are thinking about being owners um, owners that are thinking about going multi-shop owners that are struggling and wonder how anybody does this lot of good details in there that that i just know uh, are very relatable as a shop owner
0: yeah. And, uh, and that's the key. I think the key here is, uh, you know, uh, wise Rob here, a recovered addict, talking about his book? Well, number one, what I discovered in the Town Hall Academy is how much there's, there are levels of addiction in every stage of life, Rob. Oh, yeah. We had Matt Fonslow and Tanner Brandt on, and they're not addicts, but they live in a world where they've been affected by addiction and they've had to learn to deal with it and I think that was a really big powerful part of the story of how to deal with it but then when you and Eric were talking about how you came up and over your addiction and and that it did take some really big resolve to do it yeah. And you cover that so well in the book.
1: Well, thank you for that. And, you know, while we talk about that, addiction extends way past drugs and alcohol. It, you know, when I first got clean, as I talk about in the book, I needed to gain a, I needed to gain 30 pounds. I gained 100 pounds. I was smoking four packs a day. I didn't realize it at the time, but I had actually switched addictions right. from drugs and alcohol to food and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So at two years sober is when I actually said i would had enough. I'm done. And I got uncomfortable and I took action. That's chapters one and two in the book, by the way. And I lost the 70 pounds, went to Jenny Craig. That's not a plug for Jenny Craig. We're all going to do it our own path, right? Mm -hmm. But that's the path that I took. And I lost the 70 pounds in six months. And I got off the cigarettes, cold turkey. And to this day, since 2002, I haven't smoked.
0: I did cold turkey, too. Yeah, so yeah I did. The, that
1: was one of the toughest addictions to break in my life, if I were completely it, honest it with
0: was. you. It was. I had an outer body experience, and I just looked at the cigarette, and I threw it on the floor. I stepped on it, or wherever I was, and I said, I'm done. <laughs> honest to God. So when I'm when I'm reading your book about this I'm done thing. I am done. I, I so yes. well related to, I to, me, well. to me doing cold turkey. Yeah. Uh, great concepts from the book. Um, one and, and here here was my big takeaways. You covered so many incredible quotes from authors and some of your own personal feelings. Feelings, and, and I think when, when you listen or read a book, and leaders are readers. It, and by the way, Rob's book is on the books page on the website, everyone. But when you, when all of a sudden you you kick a con- a concept or a quote or something that helped move you around, I believe you wrote this book so that you could change people by finding the hook in the book. That actually gets them to take the first step. Isn't that so true? Yeah, good for you. And and so here I'm, and I've got a couple of quotes here that from the book, and it says, "You can't coast uphill." Hmm. That was to me a very profound statement. What did you mean by that?
1: Well, you know, one of my sponsors in Twelve Step Recovery Group said to me one time, "Look, Rob, you're either getting better, or you're getting worse. There is no coasting in this world of recovery. There's no coasting in success either. You know, we take that out into our businesses, we take it in our marriages, we take it in our roles." parents, in our social life, and our spiritual life, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There is no staying the same. And now let's take it to the next level. Anything that I want that is of, of value in life is at the top of that hill. And I'm not going to coast to get there because generally I'm not the person that I need to be to receive that success or that level. I have to work on me. And that's that's not going to be a coast. That's going to be some work, right?
0: You, you cover a great principle in the book about momentum, the law of gravity and momentum. I, I to- totally loved it, and I was able to relate to it. And you said these smaller successes can allow us to be faked out and slow our momentum. Yes. G- give me an example.
1: Well, you know, in losing the weight, I'll just use health as an example, In losing the weight, that's a big success, isn't it? You know, when you've lost 70 pounds, but reality is, is now the work, the real work comes in, and that is living a lifestyle that keeps that weight off on a regular basis. And that's, you know, and if you slow down on that, you're going to start going back to where you used to be. I know a lot of people, as well as you do, have lost weight, gained weight, lost weight, gained weight. It's a yo yo. Because we, uh, so we, we, Get complacent based upon our previous successes, and isn 't that the biggest hurdle to our true successes our smaller successes we We accomplish something and we feel good i mean it 's great to pound our chest and say right on I, I, and celebrate victories don't don't get me wrong we just don 't want to celebrate them for so long that we can, we don't continue to strive for the next level
0: right got it yeah. um, you said it's tough to believe uh, your reinvention or recovery uh, were you just Having an out of body experience is—I just can't believe this. I—I haven't—I haven't done a drug and I haven't had a drink in so long. And you say, uh, "I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not sure this is real."
1: I, I live that every day. Every day, right? Right? To, still today. Still today. I cannot believe the life that I live today because I'm absolutely so blessed. To, um, well, let's put it this way: I hope I never get what I deserve. I hope, I hope I never get what I deserve because I certainly don't deserve the life that I live today. And it isn't just the success that we've had in business. It's my wife, my, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my friends, uh, and the lifestyle that we live today is just
0: amazing. Your wife, you give her all oh kinds of gosh. praises in this book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She deserves it. Uh, my wife has never done a drink or a drug. She's what we call in the world of recovery, a normie, but she was addicted to Rob and she saw something in Rob that she knew just wasn't there yet. And even though her parents and my parents both told her to run with her arms flare, flailing in the air and don't look back, she didn't listen. And thank goodness she didn't listen.
0: Well, you had a champion there. Champion. When did When did it take you time to realize that?
1: Oh, I realized it on day one. You did. I absolutely did. And, you know, I I still allowed my addiction not to treat her that way. Uh, And and unfortunately, um, I took her down with me, to be completely honest with you. So
0: were you trying—is talk cheap when it comes to the fact that you keep telling yourself you have to do this, but you weren't listening? (laughs) Absolutely. So— Zig
1: Ziglar, and you know the quote, Zig Ziglar says, character is continuing on with the thing you said you were going to do long after the feeling leaves you. And uh, and really, the other way to say that is talk is cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because... The world has heard it from you and numerous other people many, many times in the past. The world doesn't care. They want to see action, right? We all want to see action. People talk about, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to have a successful shop. I'm going to have a successful marriage. But the reality is, is you can't coast uphill. You need to put in the work, right?
0: Got it. So is part of recovery getting outside your comfort zone?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of everything we do is getting outside our comfort zone, right? One of the quotes from the book is life begins outside of your comfort zone. If you're completely comfortable in and, and your daily grind, and, and, and we all have that, we all have a level of comfort, but if you're comfort, comfortable all the time, then you're not growing, you're not changing, you're not taking risks, right?
0: So I'm an addict. I say I'm done. I'm 30 days in. Am I done?
1: Well, you've got a good foundation. If you're 30 days in and you're 30 days clean and sober, now the work comes in because now all the limelight goes away and people are praying that you're really going to continue on with that program. But, you know, in the world of recovery, if we were talking about that specifically. Mm-hmm. We have a st- saying that says 90 meetings in 90 days. That means a tw- you know, t- basically talking about a 12-step recovery meeting. Okay. Church is yeah. a meeting. you know. Yeah, so yeah. for those of us that are Christians or, or spiritual, we have a place of worship. That's a meeting. So on Sundays, that, that's where we would go. So, getting a sponsor and calling—actually calling your sponsor and getting guidance from your wisdom and guidance from your sponsor on a regular basis—pretty important stuff as well. So, you're not—the answer is no. You know, it's near done. You know, uh, I say someone gets goes up and gets a, a one-year recovery chip, which is basically celebrating 12 months of recovery. I say to them that journey—the best is yet to come. The journey is just beginning because it becomes as you round the corner and you see the next level. That's when the success starts. So to come. the
0: message is: is 12, 12 months, twenty-four months, thirty-six months. You're never, never out of the woods. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, uh, yes and no. Um, I'm one drink away from being dead. I'm one hit of dope away from being dead, if I were completely honest with you, because the progression with me would be so quickly that I would be I would likely be dead in a very short period of time. So that's the real answer to that. But do I think about that? Does that bot does that intrigue me daily? Do I does is it something that gnaws at me? Absolutely not. I don't even think about it. I will tell you in my life, because I'm a Christian, I can honestly tell you that the Lord has taken that desire away from me one hundred percent and I know I play we call it playing the tape all the way through. I'm able to play that tape all the way through and I know what the end result is, so it doesn't even intrigue me one iota.
0: Did you have any um mind Uh, images that you continue to think about you know life's long-term you know short-term midterm long-term goals did you always think of a place you wanted to be did that help you through
1: so at one year, if I wrote down what my perfect life would be, it would have nothing that's in my life today because I couldn't think that big, okay. to be completely honest with you. All you can see, and we talk about in the book, you know, success is a curved road. You're, you, you, you can only see up to the curve. When you get there, you'll be able to see to the next curve. It, and curve by curve is how success comes. And certainly that's how it's been for me. I just, you know, as I talk about in the book, <laughs> my, uh, I, my big goal was to get a 90-day key tag and get an electricity bill in my name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You you, you know, you're so transparent in the book. I can't recall reading a book where you shared just about anything that could possibly go wrong with anyone in life. And to think that you're sitting here with me having been toothless and homeless and in debt up to your eyeballs with... uh, Uh, on how many judgments against you and and the probation officers climbing down your back and how lucky you were and i don't know i'm going to call it lucky i may have said the wrong word here that you got an opportunity to work in the automotive field i mean walk me through a little bit of the challenges and how you got started
1: well you know there was an amazing man his name is richard broadwater who owned a small shop in in, uh, in mesa arizona and i i 'll tell you it 's only through a series of events that only God could have lined up because quite frankly i didn 't I was clean I was very short term clean I was about forty five days clean I still looked like a crackhead although i didn't wasn 't doing the crack. I said my face was sunken in, I still needed to gain thirty forty pounds, a lot of my teeth missing, and I stumbled into a work a day because I knew I needed to start paying some bills because I, I knew I could get cash there at the end of each day. Mm-hmm. And I filled out the application, of, and you know, when I was in the 30-day rehab, they taught me that um, rigorous honesty oh, is, I like the, that. is the way that you're going to stay clean, because if we start continuing that lifestyle of lies, it builds up inside, and eventually we're going to relapse. So I filled out the application with complete honesty. Um, I knew that I could do plumbing and electrical light, but I filled it out like I was a service advisor, which was my background. And when it was my turn, and the lady called me up to the counter, she said, um, "I've got an electrical job. It pays 11.50 an hour. Um, you show up here." She gave me all the information, and it seemed like we were done. But she—I she, didn't realize this till later. She was waiting until her coworkers got out of earshot. But she slid a card across me, across the counter to me, and she said, "My husband owns an auto repair shop, and he needs a manager." And little did I know that man would be my mentor for the next five years. I went and applied for the job. I finished up the three-week electrical job. I went and applied for the job, and sure enough, he hired me, and Richard mentored me. And, you know, the Lord must have just put blinders on his face is the way I think of it because he didn't, he didn't see me as that toothless, uh, crackhead-looking guy. He saw me as a guy that belonged in the automotive industry. Now, here's what I didn't know. His wife from workaday had sent numerous people over to his shop that should not have been sent over to his shop, so he just was thinking, Another that, one, yeah. Oh my gosh, my ex wife is soon to be ex wife is sending me another toothless guy. And oh, I said, But after the interview, he must have realized, Hey, this guy actually belongs in the auto industry, and he hired me. And you know what? That was the beginning. I was, I was shown, little did I know, I was being shown and trained how to run an ethical, honest. Good profitable auto repair shop by that man. He
0: saw something in you, Rob. Crazy. I, I mean, you know, th- that goes to you know this this higher power, this you know this bolt that comes down. and <laughs> sh- I believe it. You, you I know, know what I'm saying? It, it, it was it was a, orchestrated wow.
1: by God Himself. Wow. How yeah.
0: cool is that? Hey, Carm here to highlight why the Napa Auto Care program may be right for you. Let's talk about warranties. How long do you warranty your repairs or services for your customers? Does your warranty cover your customers anywhere in the country? Now, if you're a Napa Auto Care Center, you have confidence in knowing your customers are covered for 24 months or 24,000 miles nationwide. Now, that's because one of the many benefits of the Napa Auto Care program is the nationwide peace of mind warranty. The nationwide peace of mind warranty provides the best coverage in the industry and it allows your shop to compete with other national brands. It's a written warranty that is honored at more than 17,000 Napa Auto Care Center locations from Florida to California and everywhere in between. Wow, 17,000 locations. That's more than any other automotive repair brand. When you're part of the Napa Auto Care program, no matter where your customers travel, if they experience a problem with a covered repair, they can count on Napa Auto Care to be nearby to get them back on the road. The nationwide peace of mind warranty covers parts and labor on qualifying repairs and services for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And the warranty claim process is easy, too. If you're ready to give your customers the security and confidence of a nationwide warranty and provide them with peace of mind, knowing that they are receiving a quality repair or service, especially if they're unable to return to you for warranty, then NAPA AutoCare may be right for you. Contact your local Napa Auto Parts store today and learn more about the nationwide Peace of Mind Warranty and the hundreds of other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent automotive repair shops in the country. So you worked there, you you turned yourself around, you paid your bills, you got out of debt. Crazy. And, the, and very successful, rock and rolling. I think they realize you were so good at what you did that one day they may lose you. And then your dad, who you had a restraining relationship with, yeah. picks up the phone and calls you and says what?
1: He says, uh, well, you know, when I was going out to – I was visiting, and to begin this story – when I was going out there, I was, they were still not convinced that I was going to stay clean like we talked about a moment ago. It takes mm-hmm. time to earn that trust back. So when I would visit my dad, he, we couldn't even stay in his house when we were visiting. So there was no trust built up there. But over time, they saw the difference. They saw the changes. They saw what was going on in our world. and. And they were believers. So when my dad mentioned that an associate of his had an auto repair shop for sale, or was think just he didn't have it for sale, he was complaining that his son, that things weren't going as planned. His exit strategy was for his sons to take over the shop. None of his sons were interested, and the one that was interested really wasn't the guy for this task, and he knew it. So my father, I told my father, look, let him know your son does this for a living, and, it, and if he ever really is interested
0: in selling. Just let them know that I'm interested. But wait a minute. In the book, I think you said, I'm so happy here in Arizona. My life is turned around. Why the hell would I think of a move this big, and I don't have any money? It's tough. It was a tough decision, yeah. But that was the biggest gutsy, ballsy decision you've probably ever made.
1: Absolutely. Because you know what? I was in my comfort zone. I, I had... I, all the probation stuff was all gone. All my bills were paid. I had a few toys. We had just purchased our house a year before. We had a prepayment penalty of two years on the house. We were only one year into that. Timing will never be perfect for opportunity. I figured that out a long time ago. No no opportunity has ever come along at the perfect time. There's no such thing. This was no different. So when my father called me and said he's ready, a year after, this is a year after I had mentioned to him, mentioned my name to him, and he called and said, he's ready. And I said, who's ready? And he says, Sterling. He's ready to sell the shop. And I'm thinking, there's no. And this phone call took place. We had just come back from visiting them in th- on Thanksgiving. So it's right around December the 1st. And he wants to close the deal by the, first of Jan- by the last month, the day of the year.
0: Was that strange to you that he wanted to close so fast?
1: He was done. He he was absolutely done with the whole business thing. And little did I know he had been shopping to sell the business for a few, you know, obviously six months before that. The right guy, the right situation hadn't come along. So he still had the goal of doing it by the end of the year, and I think he would have. He, and By then, he was ready to fire sale it, and we, you know, we got a good price for the business, and it all worked out. Like we talked about, it's a no-money-down deal. The book talks about all those details.
0: Yeah, I know. Wow. You're a disciple of that.
1: Yeah. It worked out twice, actually. So our first two shops, for those who haven't read the book, uh, were both no-money-down deals. It wasn't that the seller didn't get any money. they just, We just didn't need any of our own money in order to accomplish that.
0: Got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, who took the big chance on you? Was it the seller that held the paper?
1: Yeah, the seller held 100000 My father loaned me
0: 50000 Wow. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a turnaround in a relationship oh with gosh. your family. Huh?
1: We couldn't even stay in his house and he's, now he's promoting me to the seller of this shop and loaning me $50,000 to make it happen. Yeah. Big change.
0: So with all your experience from Arizona, you walk in there and you say, wow, now it's mine. How many employees did you start with?
1: Started with uh, four technicians and a general service technician that did tires and oil changes and cleaning up the shop and that sort of thing. My wife and I were the only two in the front, and uh, she was the office manager at that time. So she was helping me check them in and cash them out and do the paperwork and payroll and that sort of thing. So, you know, as the book talks about. Uh, there's a couple of things that will test a marriage. One of them is backing a trailer with your wife acting as the spotter, and the other one is working 10 hours a day in business.
0: <laughs> wow, I know. Um, so four shops, they do what? Uh, two million a piece or something? No.
1: Three of the shops are break two million regularly. Uh, the, thir- the fourth shop is just getting off the ground. We just purchased it in September. So yeah, we're anticipating a m- million in sales okay. here. So
0: tell me the principles that you turned yourself around with, that you wrote in the book, Did you bring that leadership concept to to growing such a huge business in such a short amount of time?
1: You know, I continue, I'm a firm
0: believer, and
1: I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a firm believer in you growing, you not being stale or complacent and stagnating. So continuing to attend education events like the one we're at today yeah, at the yeah, Vision, you know, yeah, yeah. getting management skills, getting everything from our, uh, how to improve your repair order average, how to improve yourself as a leader. Uh, that, just continuing to do that is what has helped me grow my businesses as well as myself. Yeah, and I believe in full-rounded success. It isn't just my businesses; it's my marriage, my role as a parent, uh, my spiritual life, my walk with God. Mm-hmm. There's many, many areas that I set goals in.
0: So, your people—do they feel that they run the business for you? Yes. If you had a chance to hire a recovering addict, would you hire somebody?
1: Yes. And you know the challenge with is it on this. On the honest answer is the the line we need to walk in the in the legal area. Um, because I have to have private conversations with them sometimes. Uh, and they're friendly conversations. There's conversations of, hey, how's it going? But if I come to them as a boss or as their employer, that I'm crossing a line that, it's, so you have to have permission to cross that line. So you, you really have to navigate that properly, don't you?
0: Yes. Okay, you talk about being here at Vision, being a perpetual student. That's, that's a phrase that I, I think I coined many, many years ago. I love being a perpetual student and reading. Uh, what, uh, what, what was the difference for you for wanting to read as often as you do? I mean, how many books a month do you read or do you commit to reading X amount of books a year?
1: You know, I do a lot of listening to books as well as reading. Okay, so I, sure. I, the ones that I read hard copy and I'm still an old school guy that I like to read the, mm-hmm. uh, paperbacks. Yeah. So I read one a month. Yeah. I've set a goal for one a month along with listening to one or two a month. Okay.
0: Yeah. Good. Give me some advice to the people that are listening that they need to read or listen because we've always been on a crusade here on the podcast to help all ships rise, get this wisdom from the peers in the industry, learning something new each and every day. People come on the show and says, hey, I ask them, what's a recent book you read? The, the younger millennials say, no, I, I may have listened to one or two, but no, I'm not into reading. I think the boomer generation is into reading. So how can you convince someone to, be, to get a discipline of reading a book a month? Any ideas? It's
1: really not even a book a month. It's a chapter. If You can read a chapter every couple of days. That's mm-hmm. the goal. And that's how I had to start out. There was a book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Phenomenal book. Changed my life. It has 40 chapters. And the way that – the way it's kind of an accident, if you want the honest goodness truth. That's how I was promoted to read the book. That's what it says at the beginning of the book is to read one chapter a day. And I, that, I couldn't read a book, but I could easily read a chapter. So in 40 days, I finished my first book, and that created the habit of reading a book a month. Little
0: tiny bites.
1: Little tiny bites. And right. I will tell you, I'm a little biased, but uh, I think Addicted to Life is a pretty good book.
0: <laughs> I bet you it is. And, and there's eight <laughs> principles in that book. Yes, eight building blocks. Eight building yes. blocks. And uh, in our remaining time here, let's cover them. You bet. Number one. Number
1: one is you got to be done. You have to be done. Until you are done and, and announced to yourself and the world that you have you, you are done putting up with the the way that you've been living, the level that you've been at, being complacent, uh, riding the wave of your previous successes, until you're done with all that and ready to take it to the next level, nothing's going to change in your world.
0: I think that resonates with everyone. Yeah. I, it's nice the way you, you, know, you put it together in a succinct little you know, five, six-word sentence. You've got to be done. And, and I think that happens with the commitment to exercise that people don't you know think about it uh, i'm 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 at a crossroads i need to exercise a little bit more i i have to and i got to figure this out absolutely <laughs> and so and so i may have to, i may very well i want to let you know use the uh st- got to be done the thing yeah, in this book yeah, yeah. To, to get me there and it's a good one it's a good one. number two you've got to get uncomfortable and take action you know and it-
1: goes back to what we were talking about a moment ago. Talk is cheap, right? Saying that I'm done, telling the world that I'm done, who cares? When you actually back that up with action Mm -hmm. and get uncomfortable, because we all know that everything that's at the top of that hill is going to have me out of the comfort zone. I can't coast uphill. So if I'm going to get anything of value done in my world, I'm going to get uncomfortable and take action.
0: And now number three, and I love this one you must create the wave of momentum.
1: Assess, success begets success. Once the, there's just something invisible, intangible that happens once you start to have these successes like losing the weight and getting off the cigarettes as example, uh, approaching the courts and getting all those, uh, all those warrants quashed and starting to pay my fines. It, it, all of that just begins this wave of momentum from within to where your confidence builds. You feel better about yourself. You start looking better. You start feeling better. You start doing better.
0: So you started to really feel good about the step you were taking, Absolutely. And, and you never kept saying, the hill is bigger than I expected. You, know, you look back and you say, hey, I've, I've got some things done, but oh my God, it's like carrying a 90-pound you know, weight up a hill. Absolutely. You used the momentum idea to move yourself forward. Absolutely. The book goes
1: into a lot of detail on that, but the true answer is yes. The overwhelming load of things that we had to do could easily have taken us out at any time, and we just, Claudia and I, we just continued to focus on the top of that hill and ride that wave of momentum up the hill.
0: Cool. Number four, you have to prepare now for what's coming.
1: You know, yeah, that's what we talk about. Growth and preparing to become the person that I need to be for the success that I want, because none of us, I firmly believe none of us is the person we need to be to receive the success that we're asking for. So we need to continue to grow into becoming that person. So preparing now, whether it's classes, whether it's books, CDs, seminars, motivational stuff, educational inspiration, all that is preparing us to become the person that can handle that success.
0: Would you recommend that anyone goes out, takes a magazine and starts clipping out pictures of uh, what they want their world to look like
1: that's so funny that you say that i can barely shave in the mirror of my bathroom because it's covered with so many of my goals wow yes and some of those are magazine articles
0: <laughs> how cool is that take me inside wow. the morning shave i love it number five <laughs> you must be open to the unexpected man yeah
1: when that phone call came from my father to say that sterling was ready to sell as i mentioned a moment ago the timing couldn't have been worse i i a number of people that I had sponsored in recovery that I internally had promised that I was going to bring to a year sobriety. As I mentioned, I had a two-year uh, prepayment penalty on my home. I had a I had a great job. I I, I was living I thought the life of my dreams, mm-hmm. but something unexpected happened, didn't it? And I got that phone call from my father and it was decision time. You know, and I, we didn't talk about it, but it talks about it in the book within three days, I was on a plane going to hang out at that auto repair shop for a few days because I said, if nothing else, I'm at least going to investigate this opportunity yeah. my yeah. father thought was such a good opportunity. Yeah. And now it's a no-brainer. You know, it's always a no-brainer when you look back, but back then it was a big step of save. Oh, boy. Big I step of I can't
0: imagine moving oh, my and ownership.
1: Yeah. All covered in the book.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to me... The maybe the elixir that you had inside of you, the drop of energy to, that pushed you forward, was the rekindled relationship with your parents. Yeah,
1: yeah, you bet. My dad and I, God bless him. He's no longer with us. He was with us until uh, two thousand thirteen. But the latter years of his life, we actually re kindled that relationship for sure, and uh, especially, you know, he was a business owner, I was a business owner, he coached me, and uh, really contributed quite a bit
0: to my success. Great, I love number six, you won't always feel like you're winning. Oh my gosh,
1: you know, that particular chapter talks about my, my the relationship with my wife, and how, how it had deteriorated, and how we had to rebuild, but it was just one example of how, even though you're having a, a, a season of summer, in many areas of your life, there's always going to be a possibility of seasons of winter and other areas of your life, and and you will not feel like you're winning no matter how much success you're having in the other areas. But you just need to keep trudging through it. And the book encourages you for excellent, that. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah? Number seven, you must understand the law of exposure. You know,
1: we are all products of our environment. And that's what the law of exposure talks about. And it basically says that you're surround, you are what your surroundings are. There's no way around that. It's as reliable as the law of gravity. And let's face it, five years from now, you will be a product of the books you read and people that you meet and the seminars that you go to and the CDs that you listen to. So we all need to surround ourselves with positivity and
0: growth. And the friends you hang out with.
1: And the friends you hang out with, yes.
0: And the movies you watch.
1: And the movies you watch. You've got to watch out for that,
0: don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a great principle, great principle. And yeah. Rob number eight... You won't do it alone. You won't do it alone.
1: You know, success is a team sport. If you haven't figured that out yet, you need to figure it out because we all need a coach. We all need a mentor. We all need uh, support, whether it's employee support, whether it's manager support, if we're going to be shop owners, or whether it is support outside. If we're in real estate, the examples that I use is your escrow agent, your home inspector, your hard money lender, all those people that help you put the deals together. We will not do it alone. And that's what Chapter 8 is all about
0: inspirational. Um, this interview will not do justice to the book. Uh, you got to read the book. Rob writes very fluently. Uh, you'll like it. This will, Maybe this is the first book you want to turn yourself around by reading it, knowing that you're reading it from a peer in the industry, a guy who owns four shops, who who is a recovering addict, who said, hey, i got a great story to tell. Uh, so as we end here, what was the impotence on the day you said, I'm going to write a book?
1: I will tell you, I knew that the Lord had taken us through this series of events that what touched the surface on during this interview, not for me to sit at home with a remote control and do nothing with it. He really wanted me to stand on the mountaintops and scream about this story, so I knew the book was the platform in order to do that. I want his money, people to know what as I can as I can tell uh, what he 's done for me in my world and my life, and uh, you know quite frankly, uh, chapter eight talks about for me one of the biggest Counselors I've ever had is Jesus Christ. That's, that's who changed my life. And when you talk about you won't do it alone, for me, that's, that's the person that I rely on the most.
0: Very good. Well, you're here at Vision. You have a booth. You have your books here. Yeah. You're going to help change some lives while you're here. Yeah. And I'm uh, so, so happy to have you in the studio, Rob Rossell, Addicted to Life, How I Went from Homeless to Extraordinary Success and Happiness in a Short Period of Time. His book is, if you, if you don't buy it here at Vision, which you're probably not because you're going he- you're hearing this <laughs> after Vision, <laughs> you can go, I'm sure, on Amazon and find it. It's on my books page. And remember, Rob owns Family Auto Service in San Diego, four stores, so he's one of us.
1: And you can also go to RobRosell.com. Perfect. R-O-B-R-O-W-S-E-L-L.com, and you can click on the Autograph copy.
0: Oh, I love it, Rob. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Carl.
0: Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the Premier Automotive Aftermarket Podcast. Until next time.